Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Download our app, Sealing God's People, for our daily podcast, focusing on the present truth of the Word of God. We're getting into the podcast today, which will be focusing on a cheerful giver. What does God require? Does He really expect us to be rich toward God more than rich toward ourselves? And if so, what's the ramifications of that? Well, let's see what the Word of God says. In 2 Timothy 1, verse 6, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. 2 Timothy 1, verse 6, and we know that there's a doctrine of laying on the hands. Let's take a look at Zephaniah. 1, verse 12, And it shall come to pass at that time that I will search Jerusalem with candles, and punish the men that are settled on their leaves, that say in their heart, The Lord will not do good, neither will he do evil. Amos 6.1 Woe to them that are at ease in Zion, and trust in the mountain of Samaria, which are named chief of the nations, to whom the house of Israel came. So God wants us to be stirred, stirred up, and always abounding to every good work. What does he require financially? Let's take a look at it. Luke 16, 1, he said also unto the disciples, there was a certain man. Now that certain in the word of God is going to be in Daniel 8, the wonderful number of the revealer of secrets, Palmoni. That's the certain saint. When we see certain in the word of God, we see that certain, it should provoke our attention, especially to the parable of what Jesus is saying. And there was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused of him that he had wasted his goods. He called him and said to him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship, I cannot dig to beg. I am ashamed, I am resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him, and said unto to the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? We keep going. He said, A hundred measures of oil. He said unto him, Take thy bill, sit down quickly, and write fifty. Then said he to another, How much owest thou? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, and write fourscore, eighty. And the Lord commended the unjust steward, not that God rewards sin, not at all. But he's talking about in the worldly, the, the worldly wisdom there of men in the business world. And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. If he hadn't done anything, he would lose his stewardship. And of course, there would be no uh, recompense for the hundred measures of oil or the hundred measures of wheat. At least he moved with action. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Now Jesus tells us of this principle. And I say to you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon 
a wealth of unrighteousness, that when you failed, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. Now, this goes into an everlasting dominion with God and our habitation. And when we fail, in other words, we're at the end and we're going to the judgment of our Lord Jesus Christ. What happens there? Every idle word will come into judgment. And just as he said, Capernaum, if the mighty works have been done in you that were done there in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have in Sodom and Gomorrah repented a long time ago. Therefore, it'll be more tolerable in the day of the Lord for Sodom and Gomorrah than for you. Why? Because all of us at the judgment seat of Christ are going to receive what we have done, whether good or whether evil. And those that we have made friends of the mammon of unrighteousness will have nothing to say against us that have literally treated them correctly in the body of Christ, even though they're not in the church of the living God. And then he goes on and said, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore, here's the principle, if you therefore have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, God tries us all there. Are we rich towards self? Are we rich toward God? Do we literally love the Lord as a cheerful giver? Well, if you haven't been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? We're tried there first. We must be faithful and mammon, making it serve God rather than or for ourselves. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, how who shall give you that which is your own? No servant, and here's the bottom line, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God, that, and mammon, money. And he goes on, we see in the word of God, Luke 19, verse 11. And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was not in Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. Luke 19, 12. He said, therefore, a certain, here we go, the certain there, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. He called his 10 servants and delivered them Ten pounds, the pound is mina, it is money, and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, that son of man receives a kingdom which will be no end and dominion which will be forever. Then he commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money. Notice the pounds of mina are and is money that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Let's see what happens. Then came the first saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained 10 pounds. There's a tenfold return. He said unto him, well, thou, well, thy good servant, why? Because thou hast been faithful in a very little, 
hast thou authority over ten cities. Rewarded. The second king saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds, five times. And he said likewise to him, be thou also over five cities. He rewards those that's been a good steward in the money. And another came saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, that mina, that money, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. For I feared the key word, because thou art an austere man, thou takest up that thou layest not down, and reapest that thou didst not sow. He is fearing the Lord as an austere man, not as one that is going to take care of his needs and multiply the seed sown. And he said unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge you, thou wicked servant. Notice he calls him wicked. Thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that I had that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore then gavest not thou my money into the bank? that at my coming I might have required mine own with usury or with interest. He expects us to increase. And he said unto them that stood by, Take from him the pound, the one pound that he had literally laid up, and give it to him that hath ten pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. Jesus said, For I say to you that unto every one which shall be given, which hath shall be given, and from him that hath not, even that he hath, shall be taken away from him. We either increase in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, or where our treasure is, there's our heart also. And the man's heart, obviously with one pound, was not for the Lord. But those mine enemies, which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. We're talking about the judgment of God. We see it again in 2 Corinthians 8. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia, how then a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty, abounded to the riches of their liberality. God loves a liberal or a cheerful giver. For to their power I bear record, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. Very important, insomuch that we desired Titus, that as much as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Watch this grace. Therefore, as you have abound in everything, you abound in faith and in utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us that see that you abound in this grace also, that grace of giving and receiving in the body of Christ. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Notice that you cannot outgive God, but you cannot outpenny pinch him either. It's according as a man gives. And he says, every man according as he hath purposed it in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly, not because you think you have to, or of necessity, 
For God loveth a cheerful giver. For God is able to make all grace, here's this grace, abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Here's where your treasure is, what you do with your money in giving. As it is written, he that hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth. What? His righteousness remaineth forever. It is an eternal reward. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. This is abounding to their account in heaven. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. What it was, what's the principle? Luke 6, 38, give. And it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. Promise of God. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. And God cannot lie. He will multiply your seed sown. And we're talking the pound. We're talking amina. We're talking money. Goes on and one of the company said to him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. I had not known idolatry, save the law said, Thou shalt not covet. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. The world says, Who has the most things in real estate, lands, houses, and property, cash, money, investments, there is a winner, and that's his life. But a poor man is disesteemed because they said in his poverty that he's not blessed of God. Let's see what the word of God says. And Jesus spake a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain, there's that certain again, rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. It sounds like a good businessman. He's going to increase in business. Well, let's see what happens. The Lord goes on and says, And I will say to my soul, carrying on with a parable, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, bring it ease in Zion. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool. Now, his would be highly esteemed in the world. But God calls him a fool. This night... And watch those night visions. That is where we are now in this world. The night visions in which the winds of heaven will blow upon the great sea. We're talking about God sealing his people before the four winds blow upon the earth, the land, and the sea on the trees. Thy soul shall be required of thee. It's a soul thing required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? Very key. So is he that layeth up treasure. What? For himself. Most will have money and treasures laid up for themselves and not toward God. 
And he says, so is he that laid up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. We want to make sure that we keep God first in our treasures, in our giving. As we go on in the word of God, it says here in Luke 12, verse 22. And he said unto his disciples, Jesus talking, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What you shall eat, neither for the body, what you shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are you better than the fowls? And which of you, with taking thought, can add to his statue one cubit? If you then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take you thought for the rest? Now we go into the further into Luke 12 and Jesus talking to those that are full age. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spend not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye little faith? Seek not ye what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of a doubtful mind, especially in this time where we're talking about global warming, uh, climate change, uh, wars, rumors of wars. We're in the last of the last days. This is very pertinent to us now. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. We know that. And your Father knoweth that you have need of these things. But rather, what are we to do? Seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He goes on and says, this is what will literally uh, corrupt uh, most men because they say this is not for us today. Jesus stated, not maybe, not if you want to, but a command. Sell that you have and give alms, offerings. Now, you have to be fully mature to receive that and know the call of God on your life. Provide for yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure where in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approaches, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there's your principle. There will your heart be also. We want to make sure we're rich toward God. There and know that the ministry that you are given to for the work of the ministry. Matthew 6, 19, and right in the middle of the constitution of the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the greatest message ever preached, the Lord himself on the Olivet Discourse, is the constitution for the kingdom of heaven. In Matthew 6, right in the middle of this constitution, Jesus states this truth. Matthew 6, 19. Lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves what treasures in the heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, your account in heaven, there will your heart be also.
Do we have a heart for God or for ourselves? Simply, very uh, an easy trial or example to do is make a T on a page and put what you give to God on one side, what you give to yourself on the other, and see which one you're rich toward. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, that's the eye, not eyes, but the eye of the spirit, thy whole body should be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Exclamation mark. He gives the bottom line. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one, love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Again, you cannot serve God and money, mammon. Most people, even in the normal church world, are thinking that gain is godliness from such turn away. Those that will be rich fall into many hurtful lusts and diverse temptations. We are not to be uh, there calling godliness gain of how much money we have in a bank or in our investments. We see the Lord there saying you can't serve God in mammon. The heart has to be toward God. What happens to the rich men that have ran over other people to get their riches? Well, we see James 5, verse 1. Go to now, you rich men, weep and howl for your miseries. That shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver is cankered and the rust of them shall be a witness against you and you shall eat your flesh as it were fire. You have heaped treasure, what, to yourself together for the last days. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth. And the cries of them which have reaped are entered to the ears of the Lord of Seboeth, the Lord of hosts. You have lived in pleasure on the earth. Those that live in pleasure, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, will not make heaven. If you have lived in pleasure on the earth and have been wanton, you have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. Final note. He says, perverse defeating a man of corrupt minds in the suit of the truth, supposing that gain is what? Gain is godliness. We have pretty well bought that as a latency in church did. We're increased with goods and have need of nothing. Well, Jesus said, you're poor, wretched, naked, and destitute. I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire. A man's life does not consist of the thing which he possesses, and especially money. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Having food and raiment, that's clothing, let us therewith be content. But they that will be rich fall into temptations and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. That's the love of money. For the love of money is the root cause of all evil, which while some coveted after, they've erred from the faith. They were in the faith, went after money, and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Neighbor, we must take heed, being rich toward self, being rich toward God, not toward rich toward self. A man's life does not consist of the things which he possesses, yet most of the prosperity churches. Preach that if you go to the church, God's going to multiply all the blessings to you. 
And God does wish above all things that thou must prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. But you must be rich toward God, not rich toward self. This is paramount that we love God more than ourselves. Well, we pray for everyone that God will literally perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in both spirit, soul, and body. Found that we have a count of treasure in heaven, not rich toward self, but rich toward God. Praying for each one until the next time. This is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.